Hello, and welcome to Porch Stories. I'm Brandy Chun, your host. Today we are joined by James Culver and Mr. Benjamin Culver, and our conversation will be focusing on life prior to the Porch Consolidated School. Mr. James Culver attended the Porch School and is here to share his experience of what it's like to attend the school. With that being said, I will allow my co-host, Mr. Billy Bailey, to introduce himself and get this conversation started. Mr. Colbert, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your parents, uh, when you were born, things like that? My mother passed away in February 2nd of 1942, and uh, I got two brothers that's younger than me. Douglas was next to me, and Curtis was the youngest, and my daddy was named Alfred Colbert. And my mama's name was Martha Jane Mitchell before she married my daddy. And that's about all I know about them, you know. Mm -hmm. And tell us that story about how that you were in the service. Yeah, I was in Korea when my daddy passed away. And I didn't know it then, but my folks said they got in contact with the Red Cross and stuff and said they couldn't tell me about it because I was on the front line. And so they pulled my outfit offline a couple of months after that, and and they told me he had passed away, and it was on my birthday that they told me about it. Mm, that was a hard birthday, wasn't oh, it? Oh, yeah. I was glad I didn't have to go back, for they was putting those South Koreans in my company, and I'd have had one of them. They couldn't talk English, and I'd have had one of them guarding my back. So well, yeah. I was lucky in that form, you know. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. So you was telling us that you grew up in the Huxford community. Yeah. Can well, you- I lived at McCullough's one time with my uncle and M. Lou there, and mm-hmm. and uh, I was raised mostly in Huxford most of my life. Right down from the school. Yeah, just you just passed the school, and you walked through the woods, and it was about a quarter of a mile from there to the school. And you was, you were saying that if they'd allowed you to go to school, you could have walked to school? Oh, yeah, I could have walked to school every day, mm-hmm. about 10 minutes to walk to school. Wow. So you are, you, y'all grew up on the Colbert Settlement. Yeah. And then, um, so we were talking about, so this podcast is primarily about schools and how our porch people, how they got to school and things like that, and how school was like during this time that y'all would be attending. So can you tell me a little bit about your school? Well, we had to ride the bus from Huxford uh, to where the porch school was here, and our bus driver was Mr. Steve Gibson. I don't know if you know him or not, but it was Mr. Steve Gibson. And uh, we had two teachers. There's Miss Lucille Moore, and she taught from the fourth, fifth, and sixth. And out of Miss English, she taught first, second, and third. And there was probably 25 or 30 of us children. And I knew most of them. I knew all of them. Calvin McGee's boy, Frank Curtis, and Houston. And, of course, Dewey, well, he was small back then. And I knew the Daughtry twins, Earlene and Perlene, and W.C., their brother, and they were, they was two Rackard girls. I don't remember their names now, but they was two girls. They was Rackards. As you come across Bell Creek, they lived in the house up on top of the hill, and they picked mm. them up there. And I knew D.C. Daughtry, and uh, he was a cousin to W.C. and the twins. 
he was several other kids, but like I said, it was over 70 years ago, and I don't remember a lot of them's name and everything. That was a long time ago. Well, well how are you time. doing? You're really doing really better than I would remember names. So when you <laughs> when you talk yeah. about, um, so were you the only ones being bused from Huxford community, or were there No, other my ones? cousin, Dottie, I don't know if you knew her. She used to be a nurse at the hospital in Mo, um, in uh, Atmore, mm-hmm. and her brother Houston, and none of the older kids never went to school. Now, if they went to school, they went somewhere that I didn't know about. They, they had, I think, it was W.V. and Edward, Dorsley, and one name older, and Annie Lee, but Dottie and Houston, Dottie was. I think two weeks older than me, and Houston was about my middle brother's age, and they went to school down there too. Mm-hmm. James was was their father Randall Colbert? Yeah, that was their daddy. And, Randall, and Randall. Rand, so it was your the brothers Alfred, Randall, Claude, and Hillary, right? Yeah. Okay. So so Dottie and Houston and those people, uh, Dottie ended up being really the one I've been told the first Indian to graduate from college and go on to uh, yeah. get a nursing degree. Oh, really? Yes. Well, she went to school at Porch along when I went, so I don't know where she wow. attended Hort High School or water or college. I, so my grandma died in 49, and my daddy was working for this Alexander. He was from McCullough, and they they moved to Louisiana. He had a wooden outfit, and my daddy was a foreman. And after my grandma died in 49, we moved to Louisiana. Then 51, of January 51, I went into the military. And a lot of the stuff changed when I come back. Now, considering that I don't know anything about porch school, when you say porch school, where are you talking about? Where was that school? Do you remember where after? That- after you turn off the main road down there, I'd say it was about a quarter of a mile on the left. It was an old white house. It had a barn out in the back, so it looked like what it was shaped and everything was a farmhouse. Somebody lived in it as a farm house, but it had a barn out back and everything. Off of Jack Springs Road or off of Porch Road? It was road? on the road that comes by where, you know, where we used to turn in to have the power Mm-hmm. It's on that road there that turned so, off the commitment. So you're talking about past St. Anna's Church and then maybe past where uh, Eddie Tullis lives now? Yeah, it was, it was past where Eddie Tullis lived. It was, okay. I'd say, I'd say from Main Road to where it was, was probably a half a mile. All right. So okay. when was you attending this school? About what year was that? I guess when I got six uh, six years old, about, about, which would have been about 39 probably, and Mm-hmm. I attended school there. To, like I said, they only go to the sixth grade, and that was it. I've heard a lot of stories about how other kids went after that. The Perlene and Earlene, I heard that their daddy got out in the road and stopped the school bus and told them they were going to go, you know. Yes, yeah, so they could go out to other public schools. <laughs> go that more, I guess, where they would have went then, you know. Did you go anywhere after that? I, I I went into the military when after we went to Louisiana. Yeah. Okay. So you went to the first grade through the sixth grade yeah. at the porch school. Yeah. Okay. And that was pre consolidated, so that's 
That's you finished the sixth grade, you graduated. You graduated. Yeah. That's your graduation day. <laughs> and then you went to working, huh? <laughs> so from the sixth grade, then your family moved to um, Louisiana? Yeah. Okay. My daddy never did marry no more. He just, they, I had two brothers younger than me, and and we would just kept house. And mm-hmm. That's where I learned to cook a lot. Okay. <laughs> wow. And James, that was with our grandmother's house. James Colbert and Florence Walker Colbert were the grand, our grandparents, right? Yeah. And so that's right there in Huxford. So if you you would have been out of the sixth grade in about 1945 or 46, probably. It was, it was somewhere in the 40s, yeah. Yeah, and then— I don't remember. Like grandpa- I said it. Our grandfather had died in 42, and then our grandmother in 49. So yeah. really— James and his brothers were too young to take care of themselves because they were only. Yeah, my grandma, she raised eight girls and four boys and then the three of us. And wow. Wow. We had to tote water from a spring about a quarter of a mile, had an outside toilet. I said, and she cooked on a wood stove. Yeah. And we well, didn't have no electric lights or anything. We had a lamp, you know, that you burn and. I said that was a, must have been a tough life to raise fifteen kids and oh yeah and do cook on a wood stove and we'd hook the old mule up and go get a load of wood in the woods. We didn't have a mule. My, my uncle Randall he lived next door and he done most of the farming on that land that we had there. But we'd just hook the old mule up to the wagon and go get a load of wood and uh. and. It make sure we had to had a bucket of water for the next morning when we got night and everything. So you said you lived right there by Huxford School. Was that school open at that time? Yeah. And what grades did they have at that time? I don't know. Ben went to school. Uh, I, I was I went to school there in the first through the fifth grade. Mm-hmm. So nineteen fifty six, fifty seven, fifty eight, fifty nine, and sixty. And it was it was uh, just six grades. Uh-huh. At, at that time, you know, and, and as you as you got on into middle school, uh, I really don't know where they where those kids went to school. Uh, in 1960, my mother and father divorced and my younger sister and my mother, we moved to Atmore and I went to Rachel Patterson Elementary School. And then I went to the junior high school there, which was the old high school. But so I'm just not sure where the rest of those kids when they got out of the sixth grade at Huxford. I still think Huxford is only about the first through the sixth grade now, isn't it? Or is it maybe more? Yeah, it's like sixth grade, yes, I think. It, yeah. it is sixth but grade. I, but, but I don't know where where these other kids went after that. But I had I, I left uh, in the fifth grade and moved to Atmore. So. Hmm. I got gotcha. you. So, Mr. James, could you give us like a walkthrough of what like a, a let's say, a day in the life of you going to school at the porch school? We didn't have no kind of basketball team or football, nothing like that. When we took a recess, we'd just bunch it together up outside and talk or maybe do stuff like that. That's about all it was, you know. James, did they have a, a cafeteria or someplace where y'all could eat there? To, how did y'all do you your lunch? Carry, you had to carry your lunch with you. What would you have carried to lunch for a normal day? That's hard to say. It was hard back then. I know my daddy used to catch the bus and come to Mobile and you know, maybe get like five pound of flour or buy some sugar or something like that. We didn't even have a store there then. Mm-hmm. And I guess most of the time we didn't even care lunch. Yeah. 
I've, yeah. We've talked to some of some of the uh, older generation. They said they took like biscuits and syrup in a, in a can or something like that. Yeah. We eat syrup a lot. <laughs> what they made grow the potatoes and stuff like that, you know. So yeah, I I eat so many potatoes and syrup and stuff now. I don't even eat it now. <laughs> you don't I got want burnt it. out on it. So you would get up. Would you do any kind of daily chores before you got ready to go to school, or you would just get up, no, eat breakfast? Just get up and eat breakfast, and that was it, and come back in and everything before. My mom, grandma died. They they got a store there, had a post office, and, and uh, actually we got two stores there. We had Harley Palmer. He run the first store, and a car from day. Had the other one across the street from here. We had a depot there, and, and I know my grandma used to take us on to catch the train, and she had a, one of her daughters lived in Bradenburg, and she'd take us up there, and she'd go up and spend the weekend with her daughter. She caught the train. Huh? Caught the oh, train yeah, in Huxford? Yeah, you could. And then after my, my uh, grandma died, my daddy would take us to Walnut Hill, and we catch the train and ride the train down to Walnut Hill, and they live right train stop, and they live right there by the railroad tracks. That was your other grandmother's That name? was my my daddy's wife's mom and daddy. Right. Oh it was uh, Marcella Mitchell, her name. He, his name was Riley. Mm. And, uh, James, do you remember how much y'all paid to ride the bus? I mean, ride the train? when y'all- It was like maybe a quarter. It okay. wasn't much. It was just... Those people didn't have no money much back then. Things was kind of hard. Did being y'all lived in Huxford? Did y'all ever get over to porch and visit people or anything like that? At all, we didn't have no vehicle or anything. All yeah. we had was a mule and a wagon. Mule and a wagon. We we'd take corn to the mill and they'd grind it up, and make meal for you. Yeah. Was that uh, in McCullough, James? Huh? McCullough was the mill in McCullough. It was at Huxford. Huxford. Now, didn't you tell me that y'all had the wagon and the road from Huxford to McCullough was a dirt road? Yeah. Is that right? Okay. Mm. Yeah. Wow. It was, I don't remember what year it was paid, but it was a dirt road when I was, first started going to school at Port. What did they teach at, at the school? Can you remember I that? tell you, I can't remember. You can't remember I, that? That One teacher was teaching three different grades, and it, 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 it's hard to remember uh, yeah, just what was what did, and one had the first through the third, and she had to get them lined up. And then one that had the fourth through the sixth, she had to get each grade different, different things, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't, I don't, don't really remember the, all of the things that we had then. And James, we, James did, that, did did that? Did they teach you to read and write in those first? Oh yeah, they. That's the first thing you do in the first three grades is right. start teaching you to read and write. Did y'all learn anything about history, Alabama history, or United States history? Arithmetic? Huh? Well, they, they, they taught you a little bit of all that, you know, okay. regular school stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, with you being from a different, um, that you're a different settlement, and you went to school with other people from like Hedabadita and things like that, did you recognize that some of those people could be some of your kin folks when you were attending the porch school? Yeah, I imagine like my grandma's brother, she had a daughter, and her daughter 
was Eddie Tullis's mama, and my daddy and her was first cousins. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people here at Poets right now. We're all kin. <laughs> yeah. I, so. That is true. So whenever you went to the school, did you recognize that it was like specifically for Creek people? Or did you, I mean, did you recognize that? Or Well, it's kind of, I think, a Garvis Sale that passed away a couple of years ago. He said when they started getting this money, people that didn't claim to be in, and they started coming out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. So yes. I guess that's the way it was. The poet school. We didn't. There was probably twenty five or thirty of us all that went to school up there. Mm-hmm. So James, at that poet school, were they the only the na- only Native Americans going to that school, or were there yeah, other just poets, Creek just Indians, Creek yeah. Indians? Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, all right then. It was some of the, like I said, the Daltries and the McGees, Rollins, and the, some of the Presleys and the. Uh, Rackards, I, I don't know, it was two girl Rackard girls, but I don't remember what they named. Well, like I said, it was over 70 years ago since, yeah. since I, I yep. was up there. So, a lot of that stuff I forgot anyway. <clears throat> well, do you remember anything specifically about that school? Like anything that, did y'all have any programs or something that you remember specifically about the porch school? All I remember was just, we just was in there forever grades it was up to and then like I said they'd turn us out and we just and we didn't have no game, no basketball team or football, anything like that. And just everybody bunch up and around talk, you know, and then So no playground. Was there a playground out there? No, we didn't even have a playground. Okay. Now there's water. There should be water real close to where you're talking about, like somewhere up in there. Did I ever like take All a I remember is had a barn out in back, you know, mm-hmm. and, and then just regular ground around the barn. I don't remember no water. I got you. I got mm. you. All righty then. My question, I never have asked you this. Was it just one great big room in that house or was there? No, it had different rooms different, in it. Different sections. Okay. Yeah. okay. It was like a regular house. And y'all had outdoor toilets there, I guess, right? Had one. Outdoor toilets there at that school? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No plumbing. So how did they get the water? I mean, did y'all... They have a well there? Not as I know of. It looked like it was just a farmhouse and it had been abandoned or somebody had moved out of it, and that's where we gathered up and went to school. Well, with you being the oldest, I mean, was it always that you would go to school? I mean, was that something that your parents would want a child to do to make sure that you at least went to the sixth grade? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, like I said, after my mother passed away and yeah. uh, and my daddy, he was off at work and we were just, whatever my grandma wanted us to do, that's what we did. That's done, what you, know. you did. So your grandma pushed you to go to school? Yeah. She'd sit in front of the fireplace at night and dip that snow and spit in the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> James, did, did your two brothers, Doug, Douglas and Curtis, go to school too at where you were? They were well, smaller. Well, they, yeah, they weren't old enough okay. when they first, you know. You don't remember them going to the port school, though, do you? Douglas went on, about the time I was ready to quit, he was in there about middle ways, you know. That was yeah. in the mid-40s, I guess, 45, oh, yeah. 46, yeah. okay. More okay. like that. Mm-hmm. Yep. So when you, went, when you moved on to uh, Louisiana, did you not go to school anywhere in Louisiana? 
No, that was just, uh, like I said, it was like a, I don't know, there were several different houses that people lived in. We even had an outside toilet there for the whole, whole of families. And I remember like a, just a long building that people was in, and and uh, they uh, would just, I know I'd, I'd like when I, my daddy would come in, I'd, I'd try try to my while my grandma taught me what little bit she knew about cooking, and I'd try to cook what we didn't have cooked. He would finish it up, you know. Mm. And uh, they were several families lived over there. So Travis McGee, I don't know how was, how was Buster's brother. He he was working there, and I think Ben's dad and his children was at one time. It's just like a just like a little community. And all these people worked for Alexander for and the lumber mill or something. That was a tar what they call tar wood. Tar wood. They had a bulldozer that went in the wood and pushed these stumps up, and then they had a crew that went around. They had a drill. They drilled holes in them, put dynamite, and then they load them, bust them up, and then they. Had people that come in in trucks and loaded them and hauled them and had, had them these flat top box cars that they pulled up on a ramp and they unloaded that and that's what oh, my daddy was a foreman that handled them people that was in the woods mm. trimming this wood up and blowing it up and all that and I don't know how many people that would work there probably fifteen or twenty is what they had you know yeah. And all the, most of the families that it was doing the work were from Alabama, you know. So when you uh, got out in the military, you moved right back over on this over to Alabama, or yeah. When I come back, well, like I said, I I don't even know. I, I know I remember my mama I had a Bible, had everybody's birth dates in it, and and then when my daddy died. My two brothers were younger than me, and I was in Korea. I don't know what happened to anything in our house. And they wasn't old enough to see about how, or getting it all they needed to get out, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess somebody went in there and took whatever they wanted, but i never been back since I went into the military over there. Okay. I come back, I had a year left in the service, and uh, they shipped me to Fort Eustis, Virginia, and I was up there training them trainees for combat or whatever they wanted to use them for. You know, I had a year, a little over about a year and a couple of months, and when I got out, hmm. and I, then you I said, got, I got out. I still wasn't twenty one. I, I couldn't. I tell him Ben coming up. I couldn't even buy a beer and out more. If I go in a restaurant, they want to see your ID, see if you're twenty one. So how old was you when you went in the military? Seventeen. Oh my goodness! Wow. My daddy had to sign for me to go in. Oh my goodness! Wow. I said I'm not going to get out here and work in these woods like these men, you know, breaking your back from daylight to dark. And then, so I joined the military soon. I got old enough and huh. and shipped me to California. What service <laughs> was that? What what sir? What branch was that? I was in the army. Army. They shipped me to California to take basic training. Okay. And then I had I got a 15-day leave, and I had to notice I was going to the Far East, and I knew where I was headed. So I come home for 15 days, and last time I seen my daddy, he was sitting on the porch when I 
Ben's mama come and got me and carried me to the bus station. And I ride that bus. I had to go back. I was out of Camp Cook. That's just 50 miles up from L.A. I had to report back to San Francisco. That was the ship out. And I was thinking all the way out there, how, how can I get out of this? How have I done, what have I done got into? <laughs> what you know? have I done? And it, it was one more mess. You made it through it, though, didn't you? Huh? You made it through That's it, That's the best thing that ever happened to me is going into the military. Was it? Mm-hmm. If I'd have stayed out, ain't no telling. I'd have probably got on drugs or something other and mm-hmm. maybe got shot or killed or something other here. And so yeah, I've seen a lot of the country. It, when I shipped over, they shipped us into Japan. I stayed in Japan six months. They was training my division for amphibious landing on North Korea. We got trained. We was going to ship in and come in and catch them in between them, you know. But somewhere they found out about it, and they canceled our cancellation like we were supposed to do. And so uh, it's a good thing that they did. I might not be here today if I had to. Go on shore and them it's sitting there waiting there for me. So, James, James, would you talk about? You told me that you were on the very front line of of, of Korea, right? And yeah, you were shooting across the valley, and they were shooting at you, and you oh, were yeah. in a foxhole or something, right? Yeah. Did you ever yeah. have to confront a North Korean or, or, or at any time? Well, well, we sent out a squad nearly every night. Yeah. We go out. Get out in front of where they was at, and we we're trying to catch a prisoner. What you're trying to do, and uh, did you ever have to shoot at anybody, or did you ever get shot at while you were there on the front line? I tried to shoot at one one time, and I guess I, we was going upside this hill, and all of a sudden they jumped up and started throwing hand grenades at us. Well, one big one jumped up, looked like he was right there in front of me, and I put my rifle. I was going to shoot him right in the chest, and they had every other round had a tracer in it, and that tracer went right over his head. I guess I was shaking, I reckon. Yeah. I was scared, you know. Thank so. you, scared. But then we started having to retreat and get out of there. They started throwing orders in on top of us, you know. And at, at night, we was on one side of what they call the Coombson Valley, and they was on the other side. And they would send them old women out. You could hear them down in front of you, mam, mam, talking that stuff, and they wanting us to throw a hand grenade to shoot at them, and they'd sit over in that spot of a position where we was at, but we hardly ever would fire a rifle. We might throw a hand grenade or something, but we hardly ever threw a rifle or shot a rifle at them, anything. Hmm. Goodness. So you're saying the military was the best thing that happened to you I think that the time. best thing probably happened to me, they you go in there, they train you how to get up and how to dress and how to do what you're supposed to do. You have orders you got to go by. And so it's, so it, it's structured, it's, real structured. Yeah, it's probably the best thing that happened to me if I me growing up not having a mama to control me and tell me what to do and whoop me like they're supposed to and all <laughs> I'm sure that. you didn't so need no whooping. He didn't need no whooping. That's probably one of the best things that happened to me. So. <laughs> So did you get some education in um, while you was in the military as well? No, I didn't ever did go to the – they had a school, but uh, I didn't have but a year to go when I come back, and you couldn't have got six grades out of one year, no way, so <laughs> yeah. I just didn't go. So when did you come back from the military? It was in, uh, I think, 
January or February of 54. 54. I got out. And then what did you do after that? <laughs> well, I went to work at the uh, shipyard, and I worked there three or four months, and I put in an application at International Paper Company, and uh, they hauled me to paper mill, and I worked over 39 years, and I retired in, in 50, 64. September the 1st, 64, I retired, and I've been retired ever since. Well, wow. <laughs> I need I need that, that trail right there. I need to retire. Yeah. <laughs> so where did you, where are you talking about living? So you're you're saying that now you live in Spanish Ford, is that correct? Yeah. And have you already, that's where you've lived most of the time, was in Spanish Ford? Well, when I first got married, we moved to place over they call Alabama Village. It was in Mobile. But then my wife, she lived in Spanish Ford. And um, I got to know her people, and that's where we, about, about six months we lived over there, and we moved to over there where I'm at today. We bought an old house, and it had a tin top on it, and it was just, and uh, we lived in it for about three years, and then I built a house where I'm at today. We moved out the back door and the front door. In, the, <laughs> in 1963, I built this house, and I've been there ever since. Wow. So I know there's been multiple occasions that you would come back to the tribe. Is that correct? Like, you know, I know now you come back and, you know, use some of our health services. I think we were talking about the other day. but Yeah, I, I come back up and... Like my nieces and nephews that lives in North Carolina, they come down in June this year and voted. They've been, been sending in an absentee ballot every year, but mm-hmm. this year they come down and they come down three or four times a year and visit with me. So yeah, they were down in good. June. They coming back again in September. So yeah. yeah, they like to go. So yeah, I do too. <laughs> yeah. So I know a lot of things. I mean, in my lifetime, the tribe has changed, and I know. In your lifetime, I'm sure you've seen how we prospered as a tribe. Can you tell us some things or about that, or can you? Well, I met this girl over in Bruton, <laughs> and uh, I knew her before I went into service. And when Ben's mama took me to meet the bus, she was go went to school. She was there too, and so after after I come back, I I started calling her. And, I'd call her at school, and uh, she'd write me pretty often, too, and I'd write her back, and so I got, me and her was planning on getting married, and uh, my daddy, I guess he didn't like Indians, I reckon, but I never did go to the house, I always met her somewhere, and he told her if she didn't stop seeing me, he was going to whoop her. Mm. So when she just finished school, and uh, I got to thinking about it after I left one day, and I said, if I go back up there and he, whoops, sir, I'm going to, I was back down. I was pretty fiery back then. <laughs> and I said, if he whoops, sir, I'm going to, I know I'm going to the house. I don't know what I'm going to do. But if I do assess something other than him living there, he's going to call the police, and they may get me for something which I didn't do, and I may end up in jail. So I never did go back. And she wrote me a letter wanting me to come back, but I never, that's one of the hardest things. But we had planned on just 
running away with that had planned and everything how we were going to do it. But uh, I just left and just walked away. It was hard to do, but I did it. So mm. That was a hard decision, but the best decision for yourself. Yeah, it huh? was the best for me. For I'd have got in some kind of trouble. for if He'd have whooped her out of show. Yeah. Went to the house, and mm-hmm. back then I was pretty fiery, you know. I was young. You may have lost your temper. Oh, yeah, and <laughs> he probably knew the police, and they, he might have told them I threatened him or something or other, and mm-hmm. they might end up sending me to jail, and I said the best thing for me to do is just walk away, and that's what I've done. Well, you said that maybe that you thought that maybe it was because that you was Indian. I mean, did you realize that? I mean, did you— feel different or was there a recognition that you knew that you was a native american an indian i knew he didn't like the indian people because yeah. you know that's that's one thing that i knew and right i i never did have to go, i never did go to the house and see her because we wrote talked to one another and mm-hmm. one of i'd go see her we'd always meet somewhere you know and and uh, uh, his daddy was a principal over at uh, J. Florida, and that's mostly where I'd go seeing. And I know he was the one telling him that I was coming over there seeing. We'd I'd go over and we'd go out to lunch and everything. And mm-hmm. so I just thought after she told me he said he was going to whoop her, she didn't stop seeing me. I said, "Well, I'm gonna have to let this just one go. <laughs> let let it go." And so I did, but it was hard to do. And, yeah, James, uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, what was your your wife's name that you were married to for all these years? What was her name? Catherine. Okay, and where did you meet her? At the paper mill. So y'all worked together at the paper mill when you first met her. Well, they was she was working in what the, in the bag mill where they make bags and all kind of stuff like that. That's where she was working. How long y'all been married? We were married 54 years. Oh, wow. That's a long time. She passed away. Mm. Well, that is something to be married seen, that long. <laughs> I seen this girl that Ben's daddy when he died. She was there and she was one singing songs up. And I, I seen her at the cemetery and was talking to her. And my wife, she threatened to leave me if I, she ever seen me talking to her again. You better watch out. <laughs> yeah. Well, sitting that I'm the only woman in this room right now, I can understand. <laughs> I probably would have put that thread on you too, Mr. James. Yeah. And I seen her, last time I seen her was at Ben the Mama's when she passed away. I seen yeah. her, her and her mama come in, and I was standing there by the door, and I shook hands with them, and she asked her mama, said, you know who that is? And she said, yeah, I know who that is. And that's <laughs> the last time I Seen her, spoke to her. Oh goodness! <laughs> My niece, uh, she said she was text that her brother's out of uh, William Golden. So I know you've probably seen him on television. Got that long white beard, you mm-hmm. uh, So she said he sent him a picture, and she was on there with him. And uh, I wouldn't know if I'd have seen her. She had. Completely, her hair was white as Ben's, and we had her down about shoulder high. And if I'd have met her out there on the street, I probably wouldn't have knew. Last mm. time I seen her, she had black hair, kind of like yours. So, oh yeah. Uh, well, you when you moved off, do you remember the first time you came came back to the tribe? Was it pretty soon after you went to well, the I service? Well, I or, or after I moved back to Mobile, mm-hmm. I'm up Spanish for. I come up here. 
and they wasn't taking no members, and they was drawing money already. And that old lady that died, what was her name? Kale Thrower. Kale yeah, Thrower. She was her and another girl was in there, and uh, said some member of your family have to be on the road before you can get on there. I said, well, my mama and daddy both passed away, and I said, I am the head of my family. Mm-hmm. But they wouldn't let me sign up. It was mm-hmm. two or three years later. What year it, was that? You remember what uh, year I that was? I think it was about 2006 or seven. For it was 2009 when I finally signed up. Okay. Yeah. And uh, then Jerry's brother called me one day, said they opened the book up there now again, and said, if you don't go up and sign up, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. So I signed up and got a bunch of the paperwork that I needed from Ben. And then I sent my niece in North Carolina to them, and all of them signed up. So I got all my, my brother passed away in 2004, and uh, all of them got signed up too. But she said a one brother didn't much want to sign up. He said, there's something funny going on about this. said he told her you know, just the other day, he said, I'm so glad you Talk me into signing up. I bet he is. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Well, now there is a um, a recording of um, I think it's your grandpa. Is that correct? Of Hillary? Was that that's your father? Yeah, Hillary was my father, and and uh, that would have made it. Oh yeah, that he uh, my father in nineteen seventy three. Doctor Anthony Paredes, who mm-hmm. obviously was very instrumental in us becoming a tribe, he interviewed my father. Just mm-hmm. like we're kind of doing now, mm-hmm. and and some sometime he passed away. My father passed away in July of nineteen seventy four, um, but sometimes in the eighties or early nineties, I was doing our, a lot of our family research, and I stumbled across a, the written interview that was on the University of Florida website mm-hmm. that Doctor Paredes had, had had done there. So I had a written copy of it, downloaded it off the web. And what was his name? Dr. Anthony Paredes. Uh, Hillary. Hillary. Hillary Colbert. So there were four brothers, Hillary, Randall, Claude, and Alfred. And then there were eight girls. And I remember a lot of their names, but that's where those 12 kids came from. But, but, uh, and so, Alfred was your dad, yeah. Mr. James. So okay. then, then um, I, I saw Dr. Dees somewhere from the, from the uh, tribal office down there. And she said, hey, Dr. Paredes has donated these oral interviews to, to, to the archives. So she says, I have a recording of your father's voice from Dr. Paredes in 1973. So uh, she, uh, she made a copy for me and for my brother and I gave him one. And so I have it on a CD and it's, it's, I remember his voice, but when you hear a recording of it, that's a different thing. It just feels different. But anyway, he, it was very interesting that, um, um, he talked about, we're talking about school. You know, there used to be a school in McCullough. Mm-hmm. It went from the first to the 12th grade. And I remember this red brick building back there. So uh, my brother Jerry, uh, they wouldn't let him go to school there because he was an Indian. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, my, I, my father on this recording said that he told the principal in Huxford that you and I are going to settle this outside. But my, at McCullough. At McCullough. My boy is going to go to school here. And he said, if not, you and I are going to oh, get oh. outside and, and settle. So, yeah. so Jerry, they, he finally got to go to school in McCullough. Wow. And that was probably in about 
1948, 49, 50, somewhere there. Yeah. Now, was that um, – so Mr. James lived in Huxford. Right. Yeah, you're saying you went to Huxford as well. So where did you grow up? In Well, uh, for the ten, I was born in 1950, so mm-hmm. so we lived in Huxford, an old house there, a little past the school, going up the main road there, maybe half a mile or something. But uh, but again, like I said earlier, uh, my mother and father divorced, and my mother and I, and mother and I, my, my little sister moved to to Atmore in 1960. So and you went to the Rachel yeah. Patterson, and yeah. Then- so then we. Uh, we lived there until 1964, and then we moved to Mobile. So I've lived in Mobile most of my adult life, and went to high school and college there, and had a business there, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, live down in Fairhope, Alabama now. So, so. Uh, but anyway, I, I, my ten years living in the country, uh, we had electricity, but we had a fireplace, and it's just an old wooden house, you know. So mm-hmm. I can imagine a. A modern house cooking on a wood stove, no yeah. running water, and having 12 kids. Yeah. That'd be rough. <laughs> That'd be rough. Don't sign me up for that job. <laughs> That'd be rough. But where James is talking about where our grandmother, grandfather, James Colbert, and Florence Walker Colbert on that 40 acres, there was a, like a compound there. There were several houses where those children, as they grew up and got married, they they lived in some of those houses. Yeah, that's that Colbert. It's yep. considered a Colbert settlement. That's correct. That's like a homestead settlement. And James you knows. He, he's got some fascinating stories about. They had an old juke joint over there. Wasn't far from Huxford or one. Blueberry Hill. <laughs> Blueberry <laughs> Hill. Clyde Point Hill and all of Monroe County was dry. And them people come out of Monroe County there and people from around where we was at and my daddy, he got in a big fight over so much of them one night. They were just, that's the only place around that Monroe County was dry back then. I don't know how it is now, but yeah. But the old buildings are not anymore. It's all tore down. Huh. Me and Ben went over to the cemetery not too long ago. And the Huxford they, Cemetery? We went to the uh, other side of Uriah. Poplar Springs. Poplar Springs. Poplar Springs. Most where, that's mostly where a lot of the Indian people yeah. are buried. I don't okay. care. Father, grandfather, most of our people are Poplar buried. Springs. That's Poplar Springs. That's where Poplar, they call it Poplar Springs. Okay. All right. But there, there are a number of, of those. Uh, I know there's at least four of our grandparents' daughters that are buried in the Huxford Indian Cemetery, which was just right, really right up the road. I have, it's right I, by the church there, yeah, the little yeah. church. And they, the tribe went in and put some little pillow markers down. They don't know where the graves are, but, but they do know that they are buried there as mm-hmm. their death certificates say they are. You know. I don't know what year they approved it, but Ben went to school at Huxford up there, and which I couldn't go. Mm-hmm. But after we moved to Louisiana, they got it okay. I don't know what year it had done it, you know. Yeah. But it was after 49, so that's when my grandma died. Yeah. Hmm. James, what was, the, what was the name of the town in Louisiana that y'all lived? Gina. J-E-N-A, Gina, Louisiana. Gina, Louisiana. That's Jenna Banachot. There's a talk called there. there.